Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle, and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, I'm joined by my friend Lucy, and we're talking about the movie Bridesmaids. How's it going, Lucy? I'm so excited. I love the podcast, and I'm super excited to talk about Bridesmaids. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, so before we get into the, the details of the movie, I wanted to start by talking about some broad strokes. So this movie was released in May of 2011. It's directed by Paul Feig, written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. It stars Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, and more. And it's worth noting that this movie is produced by Judd Apatow. The IMDb.com summary of the movie is, Competition between the maid of honor and a bridesmaid over who is the bride's best friend threatens to upend the life of an out-of-work pastry chef. And the rating on IMDb is a 6.8. The box office gross was more than $288 million. Okay, so Lucy, let's start to break this down. What would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? I'm actually surprised by the IMDb low, what I consider kind of a low rating. I gave this an 8.5. Okay, so I 100% agree with you about the IMDb. I was I had to look back. I was like, this is an incredibly low rating. So you gave it an 8.5. I am actually giving it an 8.3. So we are very oh, similar. <laughs> love it. I guess we're on kind of the same page about this movie. So that's an interesting start. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is your relationship with this movie? Um, I love this movie. This is one of my feel-good kind of movies. And it's interesting that it came up from your rom-com perspective, because part of me almost feels like it's not really a traditional rom-com. Mm-hmm. Because it's really centered around a female friendship. You know, yes, there is the part about Kristen Wiig, you know, falling in love with the cop and everything. But it really feels like this is more about their friendship than it is sort of the traditional meet cute and all of that stuff. But I love this movie. It's so funny. It's one of those feel good comedies that I throw on for Valentine's Day with my girlfriends when we're, you know, eating chocolate and drinking and hanging out. So I really I love this movie. Yeah, it's funny you say that I looking back at my list that I put together it is on the list obviously which is why you know we're talking about it now but upon rewatch I was like yeah this movie isn't I think an obvious rom-com choice because it obviously heavily gears towards more the comedy aspect but there's peppered in romance and I think that I don't know I think that's what this why this movie is so great is that it's a well-rounded movie but before you know let me just stop there Let's get into what we like about the movie. I know we just kind of alluded to it just now, but let's kind of like break it down, I guess. Sure. What are some things that you like about the movie? I think one of the big parts is the fact that it isn't a traditional rom-com is probably why I like it so much and that Mm -hmm. it is really about their friendship. And I think the dynamics between Annie and Lillian are so great (laughs) throughout the whole film that even when they're fighting, they're so funny. And I really just feel like their friendship and their relationship is really what's being tested here. And that's what makes it so much more interesting of a romantic comedy. And obviously there are just these classic scenes that I'm sure we will go into depth about that just I constantly am quoting from. I think they're hilarious. And when you're having a tough day, watching the airplane scene just makes me cry laughing. (laughs) I just think there's so much. And also I just really find Annie to be such a likable, relatable character, right? Mm -hmm. I used to be a cake designer and a pastry chef myself. So my friends kind of joke that the scene, which is one of my favorite scenes where she is making that cupcake for one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just I I have a lot of affinity for that scene. <laughs> Feels very similar to my former life. And, you know, she's going she's going through such a tough time. She's having really a midlife crisis and she keeps thinking she's hitting rock bottom and then just has so much further to go. Um, right. And I think something about that, just really being able to identify with this character really is what I really like about it. So it's funny that you mentioned that scene because I actually have written down a question to ask you because I know you're a baker. Have you ever baked one cupcake before? (laughs) Okay, so I've never baked a single cupcake because that seems absurd. Because (laughs) it's so funny that we're talking about this. 
What I do often is I will make a big batch of cupcakes or a big batch of cookies or actually multiple cakes at the same time. And then I freeze them. So I feel like for me, more of my if I'm having a tough day or sort of like that Annie scene that I relate to is more that I'd probably be defrosting a cake and then decorating it and doing all of that or defrosting some cookie dough and baking like four on a cookie sheet. (laughs) That makes way more sense. Why would you just make one? Why? you could have more. (laughs) Is that a thing? Is that what professional bakers do sometimes is to just bake one? That seems crazy to me. Although the popularity of mug cakes where you can make like Mm. an individual cake in a mug in a microwave. Haven't done it. Heard wonderful things. Maybe this is what we need to try after watching this movie. (laughs) That is one of our takeaways. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got that question out of the way because I wrote it down and I was like, I have to ask Lucy this question. But going off the the same reasons you just said about what you liked about the movie, I think it's incredibly relatable. Like who hasn't thought they hit rock bottom and then just things just got way worse. Annie, she feels so many feelings. She's happy for her friend uh, Lillian, played by Maya Rudolph, for getting engaged, moving on with her life. But yet she can still feel all these feelings about her own life where, you know, she's not accelerating in her career. She doesn't have a partner that, you know, John Hamm kind of is hilarious in that role and then later played yeah. by Chris O'Dowd. But she's unraveling a lot of things all simultaneously. And that just, it's, comforting isn't the right word, but it's just so... Relatable? Yeah, it just feels, there's comfort in the relatability of it. Kristen Wiig, I wasn't totally familiar with her prior to this movie. Yes, I know she was on SNL, but that was kind of it. And I'm not a chronic SNL watcher. I sometimes will just watch YouTube clips like a week later. This movie kind of just introduced me to Kristen Wiig as this genius woman. I was like, yes, she needs to make more movies. She needs to tell more stories because this I thought was perfect. The other thing I liked is that I think you kind of alluded to this earlier is that women... Obviously, this is a very female-focused film and story, and I love that the women depicted are multidimensional. They aren't just talking about boys. They just have a lot of things going on in their life, and I don't know if we see a lot of that in film, at least in blockbuster, like, mainstream films. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree, and I like that it's centered around that, but I think something that I struggle with is sort of... The lack, well, the lack of diversity obviously is challenging the film. You know, like mm-hmm. there are some things that aren't great about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the idea that sort of this, the movie really is centered around female competition. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's sort of Helen kind of embodies everything about how a woman should be. And Annie feels like she can't live up to that, you know, and that marriage is sort of like the ideal for a woman and Annie should feel shame for being single, you know, and maybe not accomplished. But then again, sort of the film does show the fact that even though Helen, quote unquote, has everything, she's not happy either. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of struggle with that. No, that's interesting. Yeah, there's kind of a lot to unpack in that sense. I think the reason why it's so relatable is as a woman and as women, I'm sure we've all felt those feelings about jealousy and insecurity. So off the bat, Annie's like, to your point, she sees Helen and she just kind of assumes Helen's got this glamorous, beautiful, perfect life. But and then, you know, it's not until the end where Helen admits, you know, she has no friends and that she just does things because she wants people to like her. And that also is just not everyone is shouting that, but that's incredibly relatable. How many, you know, times do we do things just because we want other people to like us? Right. And I actually wrote down a thing that I liked about this movie as well is that Annie's singledom isn't necessarily like a character flaw of hers. Yeah, we see Ellie Kemper, she tries to set Annie up with a a guy to bring to the wedding. But that's kind of the, I don't know. Annie feels sad, I guess. I I don't think she feels sad, actually, about being single. It's just part of who she is right now, and this is just her her situation in life, but it doesn't make her more sad that she doesn't have a boyfriend. Does that make sense, or am I just completely off base? I hear what you're saying. I don't know that I agree, though. I think that the movie uses... I do think she's sad about it. Um, I also think she's kind of uh, deluding herself, you know, in in the relationship with... Relationship. Maybe that's... I shouldn't even call it really that with John Ram. Um, 
But I think she she is kind of sad about her singledom and feels that she's, you know, losing her friend because her friend is going to be getting married and sort of she's going to be the lone one who is single. And the fact that there are a lot of jokes about it throughout the film, like I personally, really, like they're very funny, but the scenes mm-hmm. when she's at the wedding and everyone keeps confusing a man oh, next yeah. to her <laughs> as her boyfriend or husband or partner. Right. Is, is sort of saying, oh, right, there's something wrong with you for being single. You know, when uh, ma- there are sort of, it's there's a, a bit of a flub around her being single and she sort of accidentally keeps tripping over her words, sort of making fun of her for being single. Gotcha, yeah. So I don't know, I feel like there's a little bit of that. It's not a lot. And right. I don't think it's necessarily like the only focus of the film, but I do think there are some jabs at it. Right. I guess to your point, I acknowledge the jabs but I I guess I love that it's not this movie doesn't center on her singledom you know there's also the failure of her business of her bakery you know and that kind of makes her more of a well-rounded character sure versus I'm sad because I don't have a boyfriend you know right fair okay totally yeah um are there any other things that we can expand on on what we liked about the movie I don't know all of the quotes can we just oh yeah talking about all the I'm like, part of me just wants to sit here talking about all of the quotes. What is, what are your favorite parts in terms of quotable scenes? <sighs> okay. So quotable scenes. Well, so I think the entire scene is quotable. So it's actually one of my favorite scenes is the whole engagement party, the speeches. Oh, mm-hmm. Annie and Helen. It's just back and forth. They just try to upstage <laughs> one another and then... Annie just starts speaking random Spanish and I don't know the whole scene just I've chuckled throughout the whole thing and I watched it with Frank uh he was kind of in and out of the room but he just was like this is so cringeworthy and I was like this is amazing this is why this is hilarious but so I asked you earlier about your relationship to this movie I actually don't remember when this movie came into my life. I think I maybe just saw it. The reason I bring this up now is because like, it's not a movie that I put on a lot. And it's I don't think it's actually on cable that much. So I think rewatching this to, you know, in preparation to talk about it with you, like I've watched this movie from start to finish less than three times. So there's not a whole lot of nostalgia for me for this movie. But I still rate it so high because it's incredibly funny. Like you say like quotable scenes, but like for me, the entire movie was just (laughs) outlandish and ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, I'm curious, please, what is one of your favorite quotable scenes? I feel like just everything about the airplane scene yes. from her talking to the woman she's sitting next to, who is actually the co- the co-writer yes. um, of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when she's sort of escalating her freaking out about it, and when she says there's a colonial woman on the wing, I just die. <laughs> I think it's so funny. And then she goes up, she walks up to first class, and, you know, they're like, what are you and Annie talking about? Or what are you and Helen talking about? And Helen's like, oh, well, I know the restaurant owner. And she's like, oh, you do? You do? <laughs> you know, and she just starts launching and just making fun of her blatantly. And it's so good of... I'm ready to party and like it's just it's so everything about it is is perfect (laughs) that scene hilarious she just is so mean to those flight attendants she's awful it's great she's She's like she says she's Mrs. Iglesias I mean it's just everything (laughs) it's so absurd it's great there's a lot of great moments yeah I think there are a lot of great one-liners from some of the supporting cast that are really great. Okay. The the mom who's so excited to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> she she has just moments in those scenes where she's getting seven and sevens with, with the other character. Yeah. And talking about, you know, how tough it is being married, you know, and she's, I think she says, I just want to watch The Daily Show once without him entering me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Or like her having teenage boys and she's like, there's semen everywhere. I cracked up like it in half or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And even the, uh, is it Ellie Kemper, that character, Mm -hmm. when she's talking about her husband only wanting to have sex after they've both showered in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) You're 
looking all these up and I like didn't write any of this down because the whole movie was just like one right after another. It was just like I couldn't keep up, I guess. Yeah, they're great. It's a lot of good stuff in here. That's so funny. Are there any things in particular that you actually didn't like about the movie? I mean, kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier about it obviously not being super diverse and the Mm -hmm. fact that it is sort of centered around female competition Mm -hmm. and sort of what Annie should be and what she sees in Helen. But I like the fact that really the resolution of this film, again, is less about the marriage and sort of coming together, but it's actually about realizing that everybody has everybody's got stuff, right? Like Helen is not perfect. She's really struggling in her marriage. All of these women have flaws and challenges and that really they can all come together and realize they can be friends. Yeah, that's an interesting um, way to put it, that all women have flaws. I think a lot of movies, you know, they depict these women to be, and especially in rom-coms, the biggest flaw that some of these women have are just that they're so quirky or there's not actually any real conflict going on. But I think this movie kind of shines a light on the fact that, yeah, none of us really have our shit together. We all, to your point, have something going on, even though things on the surface look like we do. Yeah. And I think that that's not really touched upon a whole lot in such a comedic way. What are your thoughts? So I was reading some reviews about the scene when they're trying on dresses (laughs) And, you know, the food poisoning scene. Yeah. I'll just share with you what I think about it, I guess. Okay. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I think that it proves that women can also make disgusting poop and fart jokes and it's still being funny. This movie, this is the first time I've seen anything like that before where it's just so disgusting, but also just so hilarious. And then the on the flip, what I've read is, oh, women, you know... They just reduced themselves to like making themselves funny just to like, you know, sell the movie or whatever. But I don't know. I found it kind of liberating in a way. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I think that similarly, I feel like I read somewhere when I was researching some of this and prior to discussing that originally it wasn't meant to be in the film. And I'm not sure if Judd Apatow brought it in or how it sort of came about. But I feel like in a lot of ways, this movie was sort of the parallel to The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And it sort of is like women can be just as disgusting and make fart jokes and as much as men can. And whether I mean, I love that scene. <laughs> I think it's hilarious on so many levels, you know, from the beginning where M- Melissa McCarthy just starts farting and is, you know, immediately it sort of slowly starts building up and is like, wait a second, something's gone right. awry. And yes, it is, I guess, gratuitous or sort of absurd, uh, and you don't necessarily need to see all of that, but I love it. I think it's one of the funniest parts of the movie Yeah, is also when Kristen Wiig is uh, just dripping in sweat. (laughs) (laughs) She's dripping in sweat. Her hair is like sticking to her face and Helen comes up and she's like, I really, you know, I think you'd, I think you'd feel better if you threw up. She's like, no. Nope, I'm completely fine. She's like, really? The weird chicken that you ate? That sort of gray beef? And she's like, no, I'm I'm hungry. And I'm actually hungry. Her... <laughs> she gives her a Jordan almond and just like the physical comedy <laughs> that goes into her eating that single Jordan almond. I die. It's so funny. It's perfect. She does yeah. it so well. It's so funny. Like her whole face just like quivers from pain and just pride and it's just it's just too much or it's just it's just enough actually. Yeah. I mean, Maya Rudolph shits in the street. Yeah. It's perfect. It's, it's so great. It's amazing. So we talked about this earlier, but in terms of the themes this movie covers, you know, we talked about female friendships. We talked about jealousy and insecurity a little bit. But at the end, they've resolved things with each other. You know, I'm sure that there's going to be hard work put into the friendships once the movie ends. And, you know, the if they were real people, they would have to, you know, come to terms with a lot of other things. But I like that it wasn't super catty. I mean, yes, it was catty between Annie and Helen, but they acknowledged their cattiness to each other and they acknowledged why they were catty with each other. So... Again, I don't think that that's, you know, well depicted in movies like this. So I really just, I don't know, I give a I give a props to Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo for writing such a grounded story, I think, for female friendships. Yeah, I think 
a lot of what they're experiencing, we have experienced ourselves. So we can understand sort of, you know, having a really long term friendship since you were kids and, you know, somebody else meeting maybe one of your best friends more recently and having that really close connection and feeling hurt about that. I think that's, you know, these are all things that we've experienced. Mm -hmm. So I think the relatability of that is great. Yeah. And then there's this other theme of I don't think it's ever explicitly said, but this is kind of what I took away from it, is that Annie, maybe this is a hard word, but she self-sabotages. You know, we see Annie kind of feel bad for herself. You know, her business failed, her relationship failed, but she just doesn't get her taillight fixed. She has to move in with her mom and all these things kind of just keep going south for her. But there's that moment when Melissa McCarthy's character, Megan comes in and gives her this pep talk. I love that scene where the Megan's like literally trying to fight her Yeah, on the couch. And the second Annie hits her back, she's like, yes, there's, there's that fighting spirit. Um, and that's the kind of light bulb moment where Annie's like, I got to get my shit together. No one's going to get my shit together for me. I have to do it myself. And I kind of liked that moment where she kind of is self-actualized and being like, okay, I had my moments. I'm going to do what I can to get my life back on track and do the things that I can do and I can take control of. It's kind of maybe a cliche moment, but I don't know. It still resonated with me. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite scenes as well, because Mm. obviously Melissa McCarthy's character is one of the best characters. She's so funny. She's so so many different layers. I mean, where she knows where the nukes are. I mean, it's just there's so (laughs) many random little tidbits when she's hitting on the um, air marshal. I mean, there's so much in it that's great about her character. But I do really love that that is kind of the theme as well of like, you know, going through a really tough time. And also kind of wallowing in the sadness of that tough time and also feeling really sorry for herself. You know, that's a lot of what this is about, of her just being like, well, the world is out to get me. You know, see, look, mm-hmm. look, my business failed. See, look, my my best friend is getting married and leaving me. And now she's got a new best friend. It's sort mm-hmm. of everything she's really internalizing as something that's happened to her. And then it really literally takes sort of a kick in the pants from <laughs> from Melissa McCarthy's character to say, like, hold on, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? You, you think you don't have any friends? I'm right here, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to help you. And really realizing that she has to take control of her life and really turn things around is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, no, that's a great moment. And the whole bit with the puppies, like it's just silly. <laughs> it just adds to it. Like she took nine puppies from the, the bridal shower and brought them to Annie's house. Just, it just, it works. Everything works. Do you have any other favorite scenes? What are my other favorite scenes? I mean, I, I talked about the baking a cupcake for one. That's definitely one of, I mean, also she's playing Fiona Apple. There's so much I resonate with here. <laughs> love Fiona Apple, love baking. It's really, it touches, touches me. Yeah. It's funny, I I have to say, sorry to cut you off, but when you chose this movie, I was like, this makes so much sense. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and the Fiona Apple song, I I shit you not, Lucy. I was like, oh yes, I know. I I have it in my mind that Lucy would love Fiona Apple. Louis Ahn has been calling me Fiona since like third grade. (laughs) (laughs) I actually forgot about that. Yeah. For those who don't know, Michelle and I went to middle school together. Do we were we no middle school, not middle elementary. School. Middle school, Correct. yeah. Yeah. So we've known each other a long time. Yeah, middle school and high school. But the Fiona Apple bit, the baking bit, I was just like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, your other favorite scenes. Yeah, that's obviously a huge one. The other one that I think there's two kind of smaller ones, but I think are really worth mentioning because they're super funny the scene in the beginning where Annie and Lillian are going back and forth uh, talking about the John Hamm character. And she says, you know, he's an asshole. He told you you need dental work. And she puts the she puts the cupcake like over her teeth. And she's like, I do not need dental work. And she's pretending to like be a penis, just like slapping yes. her face. <laughs> just the the banter between the two of them I mean I would not be surprised if that was totally unscripted and just stuff that they did because it's funny Um, the physical comedy is great that and I actually really love when Helen and 
Annie are making up towards the end of the movie and they're mm. looking for Lillian because Lillian has run away. She's crying in the car and Annie's <laughs> laughing at her. She's doesn't understand why she's laughing. She's like, you're a really ugly crier. She's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Just those little moments I thought were great. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's actually my like second like follow-up scene was behind the engagement party scene was that exact moment. I'm an ugly, or you're an ugly crier. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Rose Byrne, I feel like I also, we need to like maybe give her some love is because I've only ever known her doing dramatic roles. Right. And I think this was the turning point for her when maybe we all started to see her as a comedic actress as well. Like prior to this, I think I had seen her in Troy and like that was oh, it. Okay. I didn't, I wasn't super familiar with her body of work, but I love her in this movie. She's so funny. So one of my other favorite scenes is actually an emotional one for me. I didn't, I don't think I've ever gotten emotional watching this movie, but rewatching it, maybe being a little bit older, it's at the end of the movie when Lillian's married, she's walking to her limo and Lillian's like looking in the crowd. And I think we're led to believe that she's looking for Annie. And then once she sees Annie and Annie and Lillian just like have this look, I started crying, Lucy. I was like, Oh, Michelle. (laughs) I was like, this is such a tender moment between between the two of them. You know, they've made up. I think there's a lot of acknowledgement and like, yeah, we just went through some shit. But like, right. I still love you. You still love me. And like, we're going to get through this. And I'm excited to move forward in our friendship. And I, I don't know. I'm such a sap. But yeah, that scene just like got me. And I'm like, what's happening right now? And like, I, I can't remember the exact follow-up to that scene but I think it was something funny so I was literally crying and laughing at the same time so yeah that was that's the beauty of this movie I think also it just kind of ebbs and flows really well it's vulnerable but also just hilarious and you're like laughing and you just keep laughing throughout I don't know that's also a testament to I think Judd Apatow movies is that it's funny but there's a tremendous amount of heart where you don't expect that much feeling. And I think maybe that adds to what I like about this movie is that I wasn't expecting like this hilarious raunchy comedy. I thought I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's gonna be funny. But I think I liked it more because it was so unexpectedly funny. Let's, let's move on to our WTF moments. So these are plot holes and most unrealistic moments. Do you have any? Because I have a few. I I mean, I feel like the two that we've already talked about are obviously complete. I mean, a lot of the film is unrealistic, let's be real. (laughs) I mean, it's mostly for the jokes, and we love that because it's great. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the airplane scene is wildly absurd, but it's also one of the best ones. Same with the bathroom scene. Like, it's completely iconic and also, I mean, would never happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like those are sort of both unrealistic, but great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I have some like just super nitpicky ones. Um, sure. Annie's mom being an AA, even though she's not an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot that she's not actually an alcoholic, but she just loves being in these meetings because she finds the people to be incredibly inspirational. I was like, I don't know if that could actually happen. And the food poisoning thing is... I guess to your point, it's just wildly unrealistic. But my question was just like, can that actually happen that quickly to be your stomach turn like within, I don't know, two hours, they eat lunch and they go immediately to the dress fitting. That sounds like a person who's never had food poisoning before. And I don't want to, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to turn this into a different type of podcast, but let's just say, yes, Michelle, that can happen. (laughs) Okay, I think I've had food poisoning like while traveling. So it's just not. Anyway, yeah, you're right. Let's leave that for another... Consider yourself blessed, (laughs) Michelle. (laughs) Let's leave it at that. So this is a super nitpicky one. Helen is Lillian's fiance's boss's wife. My problem with that is just, I don't... Sure, maybe that there are women out there who are close to their fiance's boss's wife, but I was just like, that's a pretty long road to separation for them to have Helen be in the wedding. I was just like, oh, that's that's kind of a far fetch, but okay. Again, super nitpicky. Yeah, I feel like it's not that crazy. I mean, they sort of allude to the fact that they've had to travel a lot because of their time. I actually don't even know what Doug does for work. I mean, I actually, I kind of love that. I love that they they don't really 
make Doug a fully formed character yeah. in the greatest way. Like, I love that about a lot of the male characters. They're just sort of tropes in a lot of ways. Like, the John Hamm character isn't really fully formed. He's just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> just a dick. Lit- yeah, literally in both ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, John Hamm is so great in this movie. And so, I mean, yeah, when his, his quote when he says... Um, when they're laying in bed and he's basically like, oh, I really want you to leave, but I don't want to sound like a dick. (laughs) It's so good. Oh my gosh. So ridiculous. So I have, this is not a nitpick, but just a question. Like, why do you think uh, Melissa McCarthy's character is wearing an arm brace for all the movie? I I wonder if that was like Melissa McCarthy's like character take, like, oh, you know, Megan is this woman who likes Fight Club. And I don't know, it was just such a random wardrobe choice to me. I I couldn't help but notice that every scene that she was in, she's wearing an, an arm brace. I never, I mean, now that you're saying it, I remember, but I never really thought about it. Yeah. Again, sorry to nitpick. So one last one is Rhodes, which we should talk about because he's kind of the rom part of this, is when, you know, he and Annie are flirting. He takes her to, uh, with the radar gun to see if cars are uh, speeding. And I was just like, no, I don't think that a cop could let a civilian do that. This would never occur. Yeah. Never happen. But yeah, let's let's talk about Rhodes. I think his first name is Nathan. Nathan Rhodes, who plays a state trooper. Were you, so this was my first introduction to the actor, Chris O'Dowd. I was like, oh, he's very charming. I thought he was incredibly sweet. And I liked that his character was totally upfront with Annie. You know, he was just straight up flirting with her. He wasn't a sketchy guy. Like, he just liked her and wanted wants to be with her and I felt like his intentions were pretty clear I like that he wasn't kind of a dick to her and it's actually Annie who's the one who flubs the relationship and Annie is the one who has to win Rhodes back which I think is not the usual way these rom-coms go you know a lot of the times it's the women has to come to some realization or the man has to like go through all these hoops and all these obstacles to win the girl back but it wasn't the case in this movie yeah I think what's great about this is that they're the foils for each other right like John Hamm's character is the dick in every sense of the word and Chris O'Dowd is the good guy in every sense and I like the fact that he he really pushes Annie the fact that you know it's so sweet after they hook up that he goes out and sort of they want he wants to bake a cake with her which is so sweet but it also sort of is pointing to all of Annie's insecurities and he's just really trying to make a sweet gesture and she sort of uses that as an opportunity to push him away because she's scared you know of really right. having a, a relationship that is good for her rather than sort of the comfort of John Hamm being a dick Mm-hmm. So I really like that about Rhodes. He's obviously a great character. And the fact that she she makes him that I'm sorry, carrot cake is so yes. cute. <laughs> that pickup line, do you want a carrot? Like that. <laughs> you know? Like what a question. And like, we're led to believe like it's in the middle of the night, like, and he's just munching on a bag of baby carrots. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. The ugly carrot. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. The ugly- I, I personally, would you eat the ugly carrot, Michelle? You know, if desperate, I would, but not willingly, no. How about you? Would you eat the ugly carrot? Yeah, I'd eat the ugly carrot. It's good luck. If he says it's good luck, I'm going to eat the ugly carrot. I mean, not after it dropped on the floor. She purposely dropped it on the floor. But right, I'm just, right. You know, yeah, I'd eat the ugly carrot. That's so funny. The carrot cake, the I'm sorry. It's I, I like Rhodes. I, my only thing about it is that I wish we got to know him a little bit more. Mm. That scene where he does, you know, put all the baking supplies in front of her. I was like... If I were Annie, I mean, we understood that Annie found it to be too pushy. But if I were me and he did this nice gesture, you know, he realizes, he acknowledges that he went out on a limb to do this. You know, what is your take? Do you think he was being too pushy or was it like, I understand that like his intentions were probably sound and sweet, but what's your take on that? I mean, look, it's a movie, so they've got to create some conflict. (laughs) So I totally get why she pushed it away based on the character and everything. Yeah. Also, it's kind of a one night stand. (laughs) They're not. So if you have a one night stand and someone's like, let's buy big chocolate chip cookies together. I mean, it's a little weird. It's a little strange. (laughs) Yeah. Like even that scene where he's like there when she wakes up and he hands her like this cup of coffee. She's already like, oh, wow surprised that he's already made her this cup of coffee. I remember like one time Frank made me a cup of coffee once and I was like, what's happening? 
You never do this. <laughs> oh, poor Frank. Like brought it <laughs> brought it to bed. I was like, what's happening? It just was very out of character for him. But nonetheless. Frank's gonna have to step up his game. Frank's <laughs> gonna have to start making making carrot cakes. I mean yes. Frank. Get it I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Let's talk the ending. I know I alluded to the fact that the ending was one of my favorite scenes. What are your thoughts on the ending? There's a couple extra scenes after the wedding, right? That's where she and Rhodes, it's sort of like they have the wedding. Wilson mm-hmm. Phillips is obviously playing and it's mm-hmm. hilarious and absurd. Mm-hmm. And then, but I'm, I'm trying to remember because I feel like I've also watched the unrated version and there's some other scenes. But what I remember is Helen bringing Chris O'Dowd's character back. And that's sort of Helen is what brings Annie and Rhodes back together. Yeah, yeah. Which is really sweet. Uh, was, there, was there anything after that? I don't think so. So it, the movie ends with uh, Annie getting into the cop car because right, right, he right. gets like a, a call and then like credits roll a little bit and then you see the home footage of Megan and yes. uh, Air Marshal John like <laughs> in their, their foreplay involving a deli sandwich. Yes. I was like, I knew there was something after that. Yes. <laughs> so yes. absurd. I'm just putting this together now. Like the first scene of this movie is actually Kristen Wiig and John Hamm having sex. And yes. then off the bat, I was just like, I'm in. This is hilarious. What's <laughs> happening? And the way it ends is also just equally outrageous. I love the scene where they're having sex and her legs are just flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, slow down, slow down. And he's like, what? And then just continues to go faster. The whole bit with uh, Wilson Phillips. It's just... You know, it's a song that I grew up listening to, and I love what that song means to me. So it just was perfect for Wilson Phillips to actually come to the stage and rock out. That would be awesome. I would love to be part of that kind of wedding. But I also love how over the top it is. Like, it's completely absurd. Like, it's not really what Lillian wants, you know what I mean, in terms of this intensity of a wedding. But it's so, Helen has painted all over it. I mean, the the neon lights, the water, (laughs) like, everything about it is so absurd. (laughs) So absurd. Like, yeah, I was like, when I saw the laser lights, I was like, okay. And like, the heart (laughs) with their names in it, it's just a lot. Yeah. I think we mentioned this earlier. You said Megan is your favorite character. Yes. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. I think she's she's a lot of the the physical comedy that she has on the airplane is amazing when she like throws her leg up and mm-hmm. <laughs> towards Air Marshal. I really like that she also just has a lot of depth that she she's got. The, I mean, half of her backstory, I don't even think I remember. Like she somehow ha- like there's one point where she's taking the phone call where they're trying to figure out whether or not to go to Las Vegas. And I think she's in like a government agency of yeah. some sort. Like there's <laughs> it just looks like she, you know, and then she's secretly got all this wealth, you know, that she's accumulated. And, you know, you realize she had a really tough time in high school and sort of, you know, a lot of people made fun of her. It's just she's got so much to her. There's so much depth to her character that I just love. And it's so outrageous. She's great. And she just says anything. She says anything that comes to the top of her head. Um, It's great. Yeah. So actually going back to the end of the movie, there's that one scene like where they see Annie and Dougie off in the limo and Annie, I'm sorry, Lillian (laughs) and Dougie off to the limo and Annie's standing next to Megan and Megan just starts laughing and Annie's like, what's so funny? Megan's like, I put a loaded gun in Dougie's suitcase. Yeah. I mean, the scenes where she's sitting next to the air marshal and talking about whether or not he's put a gun up his butt. I mean, it's just like, what? (laughs) And she's trying to prove it by putting an iPad up her butt. Like, it's so, she's so confident. Yeah. You know, which is also such a great foil for Annie because she has, Mm. she she lacks so much self-confidence and, you know, she's gone through such a tough time that it's perfect that Melissa McCarthy is the one that is really saying like, hey, you have a lot to be grateful for. Everything in your life is, you know, you can pick yourself up and put yourself out there. Like you're going to be fine. I think is really great sort of against Kristen Wiig's character. Yeah. And that's a really, really good point. I didn't put the two and two together, but yeah, that's kind of put it perfectly. So besides Megan, I really like Helen. I mean, I think mostly because I think her role is just so funny. And we come to realize, you know, she's actually kind of a sad person. You know, her husband's traveling all the time. Her stepkids, like, hate her. Yeah. You know, and she has all this wealth and beauty, but no one wants to be her friend. So I I liked that there was kind of that dichotomy of the confident woman, but actually internally is very, you know, insecure in many, many ways. Yeah. 
So your thoughts on, do you think Annie and Rhodes stay together? Oh, I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think they're sort of, I can see her, I guess I kind of focus more, it's interesting, I focus more on the idea of, like, she probably opened a bakery again. (laughs) Maybe that's just because it's me. But I was thinking more about, like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if she, like, reopened her bakery or, like, did it in a different way? And I don't know. Yeah, I think they stay together. I think they're good for each other. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, like, where do we see Annie in, like, a year after the movie ends? I think it'd be cool to have her have her bakery back. Yeah, I like I like that idea, too. Yeah, maybe a cute cafe. Yeah. Maybe she partners with someone and it's more like a restaurant. And Yeah. I'm just realizing this scene, I forgot to note, was the bridal shower when Annie just has this meltdown. Yes, yes, yes. Um, after Helen gets the Paris tickets to Lillian. And that whole scene where she, like, goes out and, like, punches the cookie and, like... <laughs> and tries to push that chocolate fountain I think like (laughs) to your point the physical comedy I just keep going back to it she's just so good that's why I was like is Kristen Wiig a genius yes Uh, she's so good at this and and I know she's kind of done like some other indie more like less major studio movies but I wish she would do something just as big like this again Maybe they'll bring the cast back and we can have bridesmaids too. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or it could be Rhodes and Annie's marriage. That would be a great follow-up to bridesmaids. So I have a question for you. Besides the, the one cupcake thing, I wanted to ask you, do you think Lillian is a good friend? Ooh, I think, I do think Lillian is a good friend. I think, you know, I think it's very relatable that a lot of friendships when one of the friends goes through a change, whether that be marriage or engagement or something big happens in their life. I think it's really normal and natural for that friendship to change in a certain way. So I think, I think Lillian's a good friend to Annie, but I think that because she's getting sort of swept up in the marriage and the planning and feeling a little overwhelmed, maybe she's not necessarily there for Annie in certain ways but I I think she calls her out in the right ways like she's calling out that John Hamm is a dick and that like why is she with this guy I don't know that they develop it too too much but it seems like she's there for her a lot and also is trying to kind of say like look uh Helen is not a bad person I want you guys to be friends Mm -hmm. like I don't think there's anything about her that makes her a bad friend what do you think right I mean again I don't I like to your point I don't think she's a bad friend I think Well, the thought clearly crossed my mind, which is why I'm asking the question, I guess. But in the circumstances of the movie, Lillian has a lot going on, right? She's getting married. She, I think we're led to believe that she lives in Milwaukee, but the wedding's happening in Chicago. I think that's where Dougie lives is in Chicago. So, you know, she has to kind of go back and forth. So that's already a lot to juggle. And it's just, I guess, unfortunate timing that this also happens to be when Annie is at her most rock bottom. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, Annie, there's this one scene where she calls... Lillian, she's just so defeated, you know, she really needs a friend to talk to. And Lillian doesn't call her back. And at the shower, Lillian acknowledges, you know, sorry, I haven't called you back. Just like things have been really busy. Just it's there's no malintention for like the lack of presence of her friendship. But it's just I think the circumstances kind of unfold where Lillian's just is unable to 100% be emotionally there for her friend Annie. Right. I guess you could also make the argument that Annie's I mean, obviously a shittier friend <laughs> sure, <laughs> for, sure. for, for the stuff that she does to Lillian. I mean, I think it's sort of like, you know, miscommunications and maybe a lack of vulnerability to really talk about things honestly. Because, I mean, think about the, the scene where Lillian first tells her, you know, and she's sort of flaunting her ring and she's like, look at my apple, you know, and is trying to, <laughs> trying to show her. And she sort of is having, she's kind of freaking out mm-hmm. as it's happening. And I think is, is very self-involved and sort of is like, oh no, just another thing that I'm going to lose. I lost my business. Mm-hmm. I lost my boyfriend, left me after my business. And now I'm losing my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I think the failure is the lack of communication and vulnerability to say, you know, like, I'm so happy for you, but I'm also a little feeling a little tender about this or like I'm worried you know like I don't want to lose you you mean so much to me or you know like I think they get there eventually after a lot of the antics of mm-hmm. the film but yeah I think you know friendships that have endured the test of time these are very natural things to occur mm-hmm. I think they just uh, maybe resolved it in 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about her trying to push over the <laughs> chocolate fountain. <laughs> She's just really losing it, you know, and even her mom. Yeah. <laughs> really losing it. Like the cookie where she's just like punching the cookie and she's like tries to eat the cookie and then she talks about like the sanitary like she says something she's like how is this sanitary you know when yeah, the yeah, chocolate yeah. sort of flowing it it's also really i don't know how you feel about just the the time we are currently in watching a lot of these films given our current circumstances in the world is also like oh my god yeah <laughs> is funny to kind of look back on those things now with our new perspective yeah agree So I personally love to scroll through IMDb trivia. You mentioned a few earlier about how the nervous plane uh, seatmate was the writer, the co-writer of the movie. So other things is that this is the most financially successful Judd Apatow production. Hmm. Um, This is also the first Judd Apatow production to receive Academy Award nominations. Really? Melissa McCarthy was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Good for her. I wrote that that she lost out to Octavia Spencer in The Help. And then Kristen and her co-writer were also nominated for Best Original Screenplay, but they lost to Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris. (laughs) Paul Rudd was apparently to appear as a man who Annie goes on a blind date with, but his scene was cut. I would have loved that cameo bit. In terms of casting... Mindy Kaling actually read for the role of Lillian. Oh. But Maya Rudolph won that. Greta Gerwig and Judy Greer also auditioned for other roles in the movie. And when this movie came out, it actually came out number two at the box office following Thor, the Marvel movie. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I thought so too. I wonder what the big draw was. I guess maybe Kristen Wiig was the big draw because I guess she was so beloved on SNL and... Judd Apatow had his name behind it. Do you remember when you first watched this movie? I was trying to think. I honestly don't remember even seeing it in theaters, which I'm surprised that I did it if I didn't. But I will say you mentioned earlier that you watched the unrated version. I actually, for this rewatch, I watched on HBO and I also watched the uncut or unrated version. There were some bits that I felt like weren't in the original movie, but I couldn't really put my finger on it because I hadn't seen the movie that many times to differentiate. But yeah, I don't remember the first time. Yeah, I can't remember when I first watched it either. When did it come out again? May of 2011. I think I might... I think that was a year before culinary school for... Is that right? It was around that time. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember when I first watched it. And I don't know if that's the fact that I've rewatched it so many times that I just don't remember. I don't have like a strong sense of my first watch of this film, but have watched it, I feel like, on a million other occasions, notably with girlfriends, probably most likely during Valentine's Day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great female, you know, empowerment film to kind of to talk about and to watch with the girlfriends. It's a good one. So one thing I forgot to mention while we were uh, breaking down the cast is Rebel Wilson. So I think this was the first movie I saw Rebel Wilson in. So I thought she was pretty funny. But what were, you know, your takes on on her? I actually didn't love her in the movie. Mm. I felt like because physical comedy is such a, a part of this film, it is, is so much of kind of what the other characters bring to the table i actually found her kind of unsuccessful in the the mexican drinking worm and the she's like basically just pouring a bunch of frozen peas on her back like those are the ones that stood out to me as i was like okay these are just kind of annoying ridiculous characters and she's i mean she has some funny parts where she says she's like don't read my journal don't go in my my room and she's like oh i just thought it was like a really sad novel or something <laughs> like i can't remember exactly the line But I don't know, was Rebel Wilson, when did Pitch Perfect come out? Was Pitch Perfect before this? I think it was like right after. Right around Okay. I have it in my mind that Pitch Perfect came out in 2012 and this movie was 2011. So like right before. Yeah, I thought she was funny, but I think to your point, like some of it fell flat to me. It seemed very contrived to be uncomfortable, like that whole weird dynamic she had with her brother. Like yeah. where they were in the bathtub and he yeah. was like shaving her armpits. Like yeah, it was a little too much. Yeah. 
Which is funny because there's a lot of parts of this this movie that are ridiculous and completely unbelievable, but somehow still work. Right. Whereas, like, that to me didn't work. Right. Agree. Yeah. I mean, Rebel Wilson, also just her as an actress, I feel like she kind of just plays the same character. She plays kind of like a funnier, maybe more outlandish version of her own self. And I think that's kind of her what's been her ticket in Hollywood. Kind of feel like it could have been funnier but I also don't know how that would have been funnier yeah I'd be curious what would happen if they swapped the roommates for somebody I mean the, the point is that the roommates are so awful yeah and so I'm like oh what well, what could have worked instead kind of around the difficulty of her living in that situation I'm not really sure but I mean perhaps we should be talking about pitch perfect it's not well would that be a rom-com can we talk about that Michelle <laughs> is that the next one we should review <laughs> It's Pitch Perfect a rom-com. I guess there there is some romance involved in that. I hadn't thought of that one as like a rom-com. If you want to, we can do it. I mean, I just, so the other half of me is a singer. So I'm just saying, if we're going to talk about the baking parts, we can, <laughs> we can round really it about out. about me, Michelle. <laughs> we'll have to round it out with the singing part. I, think, I, I like that movie though. I think Rebel Wilson is much better in the Pitch Perfect series. But maybe we should just leave it at that and maybe we'll revisit Pitch Perfect for another time. I like it. I like it. Cool. Um, Do you have any last takes of the movie? No. I mean, I just, I love this movie. I think it's great. Everyone should go watch it if you have not seen it, which would be crazy if you have not seen it. Absolutely go out and watch it. It's great. Shout out to Frank. You really need to step it up and (laughs) bake Michelle some cakes. I'm just saying maybe that's, you know, next movie you cover. Frank can make you a cake or at least bring you some coffee in bed. I mean, Lord. That we'll see. I'll keep you posted if that happens. I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) But yeah, my last takes is I am shocked after we've just talked about it, that this movie on IMDb has only a 6.8. Yeah, that's really surprising. It's really surprising. I don't know why these people are rating it so low. It's hilarious. It's heartfelt. You know, after us talking about it, this movie does need to kind of be on the background a little bit more for me. It's not something that is just on for me, but I'm glad I got to properly rewatch it and kind of dissect it down with you. Um, Even though this movie isn't heavy on the rom part, you know, I still would classify this as a rom-com. It's pretty perfect. Thank you to Lucy for chatting with me. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can check us out on Instagram at Romcom Weekly, and we'll chat with you again next week. Thanks, guys.